Live from San Diego, California, we go live to the newsroom with your host for Nick's Nerd. What is up, guys? I am not going to waste too much time talking about nothing because we have a full episode of gaming news to talk about. But as always, I do got to talk about some other things like, hey, guess what? We have a website. It's called nicksternews.com. You can uh, find links to all of the different streaming services we're on. We're on Spotify. We're on Google Podcasts. We're on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music. Did I forget uh, Discord? We're on Discord. Yeah, check us out. Go to the website. You can listen to the, the show right there in the browser. Or you can find links to all those subscription services I listed above. That way you guys can listen to me on the go always. Also, don't forget to follow us on social media. Nick's Nerd News. We're on Twitter. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on the big ones. Follow me on TikTok, my personal, the Nick DeFalco. That's where we post a lot of fun stuff related to the show. So make sure you guys follow us there. Uh, got a lot of big stuff to talk about, like I said. The Summer Games Fest, which pretty much is E3. The Xbox Games Showcase, Ubisoft Forward, Capcom. whole lot of gaming news to, to, to break down, discuss, things like that. And then stick around for the end of the show because I have a review, spoiler-filled, as always, of Transformers Rise of the Beasts. Hope you guys stick around for that. Like I said, I don't want to waste any time because there is a lot, and I mean a lot, to discuss Let's get into it, shall we? So, uh, of course, a lot of gaming news this week because while technically E3 is canceled, we do have the Summer Games Fest, which is, I mean, pretty much, E3 pretty much happened without the, the E3 part. And I'm just realizing there was no EA showcase. EA usually does something that wasn't part of E3, but... I mean, the week's not over yet. This could We could be talking about EA next week. But there was some big stuff that we do want to discuss. But before we get into that, there is some other gaming news that will be uh, dispersed throughout the coverage of all the major announcements. But how about this? So Diablo 4 just came out. And one person is very frustrated with the uh, inability to play. And that person is none other than Whoopi Goldberg. Yes, Whoopi Goldberg is a huge Diablo fan, which I actually did not know. Um, <laughs> like, really had no idea that Whoopi was a big Diablo fan. Apparently she doesn't have a PC. So she's really mad that she can only play, uh, or she can't play Diablo on her Mac. Which, again, did not know Whoopi was a... Like, Whoopi, of all people, Whoopi has the money to get a PC or a console to be able to play Diablo 4. So I'm, I'm a little thrown off by that. I, I get it. Inconvenience, old, learning a new system. Not something a lot of people want to do. But luckily, Apple just announced that new thing where they can port games over. So maybe uh, maybe Apple will work out a deal with, with, with Blizzard to... Uh, get Diablo ported sooner rather than later so Whoopi can play. Anyway, that's funny. If you are a big fan of the Friday the 13th game, 
or were holding out before buying it, well, you only have a few months left, as it will no longer be able to be purchased after the end of this year. Uh, Gun Interactive, the publisher, announced that their license on the game is expiring on December 31st, 2023. So, just be aware, you have very limited time to get the Friday the 13th game if you were planning on getting it or waiting out, things like that. Uh, it's also come out that video game subscription growth has essentially uh, flatlined. It's plateaued. And which is the subscription market in gaming is a very big thing, right? That's kind of what has driven the games as a service model, essentially. But via the Games Market Dynamics report, in April 2023, the April 2023 report found that subscription spending in the U.S. on games had only gone up 2% than the same period the, pre the previous year. So they reported, quote, finding new subscribers beyond the console ownership base has proven very difficult thus far, unquote. So it looks like, again, people are not buying into it as much as they used to. So Sony's PlayStation Plus, zero growth uh, in subscribers year-on-year year ending March 31st. Uh, they had 47.4 million subscribers at the end of the March, uh, even though PS Plus Premium and Extra had launched last June. Game Pass hit 25 million subscribers in January of last year, but we haven't gotten new figures since then. Um, I, uh, I mean, Phil Spencer has talked about lack of growth on Game Pass, but uh, I suspect those numbers should go up within the next few months as a slew of new games were announced to be coming to Game Pass this year alone uh, at the Xbox Games Showcase. Um, on Thursday last week was the, the Summer Games Fest hosted by Jeff Keighley, and of all things, we learned about finally the release date of Sony Spider-Man 2, or Marvel Spider-Man 2, the sequel to the Spider-Man game on, on PlayStation. It is a PS5 exclusive. Again, I don't know why this wasn't announced at the PlayStation uh, Direct, or whatever they want to call it, the state of play. It, but it's coming out October 20th, which means a lot of games are coming out in October, and I have to pick which one is going to be my priority. Probably Spider-Man since I can get Forza on Game Pass, things like that. But a lot of new things were announced at the Summer Games Fest on Thursday. We finally have an idea of when Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, uh, which is the part two of the Final Fantasy VII Remake, will release in early 2024, despite a few weeks ago we said we learned that it would be still this year. But it will come on not one, not three, but two discs. That's right, baby. Two discs for a PS5 game. <laughs> the internet took that and ran with it. Two, two discs. Two discs. Two discs. Uh, we have a new Prince of Persia side-scrolling game coming out called Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. We got new footage of Mortal Kombat 1 showing off fatalities. The game looks gorgeous. This is why it's going to be on next-gen only. Because Mortal Kombat 1, which is a, a technically a reboot, a semi-reboot, uh, if, if you, if you want to call it, it looks amazing. It looks gorgeous. The Transformers are coming to Fortnite Wild. Fortnite's becoming ridiculous with the amount of crossovers. 
Sonic Superstars, a new 2D side-scrolling Sonic game, will be releasing this fall, which looks fun. Alan Wake 2, we got a lot more gameplay for the game that is releasing this October. It looks to be really shifting over to the horror element uh, that was semi-present in the first game, and uh, it less more of a mystery and more of a horror survival type game from what we can see. Uh, that comes out October 17th, so yes, a lot of October games. A new Like a Dragon game, this one is Like a Dragon Gaiden. Uh, this is the one I think set in the past, that's set for November of this year. Like a Dragon, of course, is what the Yakuza games have been renamed, so that is part of the Yakuza franchise. A new Star Trek game, Star Trek Infinite, announced. Not much is known about it, it was just a trailer, but it looks to be returning to the next-gen era as they teased the appearance of Picard, Dukat, yes, everyone's favorite Star Trek villain, Dukat, the Borg, and even Emperor Gowron. What pleases Gowron of <laughs> the Klingon Empire? A new game based uh, from John Carpenter called John Carpenter's Toxic Commando. That's expecting next year. It is uh, meant to immortalize the 80s action uh, archetype, the 80s action hero, 80s action movie. So if it's done right, that game can be very fun. A new game from Bandai Namco based on a Akira Toriyama um, manga called Sandland is coming next year. I guess that is an unknown manga from Toriyama that came out in the early 2000s. Pal World is a new game that looks to be Pokemon with guns, is, is how everyone is describing it. I guess that's the best way to describe it, really. It is a Microsoft exclusive, which was kind of weird. Um, well, and, and it will be on Steam and Windows. So it was very strange that it wasn't at the... Um, the showcase, the Xbox game showcase, it will be in, in open world, uh, sorry, it will be in early access though when it releases in January next year. Uh, no word on the official console date, but yes, it is essentially, it's a survival game. There's building, writing, life, uh, like personalization, farming, a dungeon exploration, breeding, poaching, multiplayer. Like I said, Pokemon, with guns, which is a ridiculous statement. A new Lord of the Rings game is coming called Lord of the Rings Return to Moria, and it's set during the Fourth Age. We have very little information regarding the Fourth Age in, in Middle-earth. The Fourth Age is essentially what takes place after Return of the King, uh, but this will be about dwarves retaking Moria, essentially. Uh, Banishers, Ghosts of New Eden, a new multiplayer game. Uh, we got a new trailer and information about Baldur's Gate 3 and, and the villain. Uh, we got a new trailer for the Twisted Metal Show, which drops July 27th on Peacock. Uh, it shows off Sweet Tooth kicking the crap out of Anthony Mackie's character. We got new information about Path of Exile 2. Uh, Exo Primal, we got a new trailer. It will actually have Street Fighter 6 crossovers uh, so you can get a ryu exo suit uh, or whatever mech suit whatever they want to call it in exo primal warhammer 40k space marine 2 will feature co-op gameplay and nick cage is coming to dead by daylight those were the biggest stories out of summer game fest that happened last thursday dead by daylight has been constantly adding different 
like characters from from the zeitgeist, right? From the horror zeitgeist and pop culture zeitgeist. And of course, of course, they're going to add Nick Cage. <laughs> no surprise there. Uh, it is June. It is Pride Month. And a lot of people have taken offense to that as of late, despite the fact that Pride Month has been celebrated for quite a while at this point. Um, and with that, some controversy has erupted in the streaming world, uh, especially with Call of Duty and different streamers having Call of Duty skins. Uh, I'm not going to go super deep into it because, A, I, I don't like to uh, espouse feelings like that because I... I I, look, it, it's a it's a touchy subject, and while I completely disagree with Nick Merckx, um, I'm not going to go deeper than that, because that's not what this podcast is about, that's not what you guys are here to listen to. Um, if you want to talk to me about it, go right ahead, you are free and clear to do so. Um, but I'm not going to discuss the matter other than the fact that, do I disagree with how Nick Merckx said things? No, not at all. I think he handled it very poorly. I think he's in the wrong, personally. Um, but because of statements he made in regards to a Pride Month celebration, Activision decided to pull his skin um, from Call of Duty. That's a weird thing to say. His his avatar from Call of Duty, Modern Warzone, Modern Warzone, Modern Warfare 2, Warzone 2.0. Uh, you could buy him as an operator, essentially, um, They've decided to pull it in lieu of his comments. Uh, following that, other streamers have come out in his defense. No surprise if uh, you see who they were. Uh, one of them being Tim the Tapman, who was actually asked to have his avatar removed as well in solidarity. Again, you are free to agree or disagree with me or them. Uh, that's not what we're going to discuss. Like I said, I stated my opinion. It's interesting that this happened, but uh, again, that is the world we live in today in 2023. So, well, with that being said, let's talk about some fun news, and that is the Xbox Game Showcase, which took place on Sunday morning. So, let's do a rundown. The show opened with a in-game footage, in-game, so it wasn't a... So probably a vertical slice. A vertical slice is a, a term in the gaming industry. It was very highly used during the E3 heyday. Uh, essentially, it's a cut of the game, sometimes playable, sometimes not, that was essentially made just for E3. It didn't actually represent any actual gameplay. Um, lately, that's been changing as people have been kind of rebelling against that and, and not liking the idea because it, it was... They would call it false advertising, things like that. But this was uh, in-game. And it featured Richard Iode, I think is how you pronounce his name, famous for playing uh, in the IT crowd. But uh, he essentially plays Dave, uh, who we find out is a giant, and the main character uh, of, of the new Fable from Playground Games, uh, fighting him. And the game, from the little snippets of actual gameplay that weren't technically cutscene, looked amazing and they I, unfortunately they didn't give a date but i i would expect this game probably 2025 uh, as games are taking longer and longer to make but if it looks this decent this early 
I, I think it should be in good shape. Uh, after that, they showed a teaser for Compulsion's next game. Uh, Compulsion was behind We Happy Few. Uh, this game is called... Um, sorry, South of Midnight. It features... It starts with a man playing, you know, blues in like a swamp. Turns out he's like a giant skeleton man, zombie creature. Girl walks up looking for a monster. We don't know a whole lot about it, uh, but that is Compulsion's next game. Unfortunately, no release date on that either. Uh, then we got a lot of other trailers for different games. Uh, the first being the first trailer for Ubisoft's and Massive Entertainment's Star Wars Outlaws. This was a cinematic trailer. Uh, Massive Entertainment is famous for the Division games uh, with Ubisoft. And it's purely cinematic, but introduces us to Kay Vess, the, the new protagonist of the new Star Wars game. And uh, we saw Jabba the Hutt with Han Solo and Carbonite. We saw the Pike Syndicate, several other syndicates. Uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about the game when we get to the Ubisoft forward. But at, towards the end of the trailer, it uh, looks like Kay is working with a commando droid from the Clone Wars. Uh, but also a character shows up that in the trailer it says Jalen. Uh, I personally think and several other uh, Star Wars people think as well. I'm not the only one. Think that this is actually Kyle Katarn uh, finally being introduced to Star Wars canon. The game takes place in between Empire Strikes Back and Revenge, uh, Revenge of the Sith and Return of the Jedi. So it's a somewhat unexplored um, section of the Star Wars mythos currently in the new canon. Yes, some of the comics are dealing with it, like the War of the Bounty Hunters and the Crimson Dawn stuff. So I would not be surprised, based on the information we got then, if Dr. Afra doesn't show up, if um, Kira, the character played by uh, Amelia Clark, if she doesn't show up, I'll be very surprised. But it will be very interesting, and obviously I'm pretty sure Boba Fett's going to show up. This game is said to have been dealing with crime to syndicates and things like that, so if they don't show up, like I said, I will be very surprised. Other games we got trailers for uh, Avowed, which is the next game from Obsidian Entertainment. They first teased it a few years ago. It's a first-person game. Uh, I don't want to call it a shooter, but you get like it's similar to the that game that's that's about to come out. It's like a first-person shooter, but with magic. Avowed's doing this, but magic and tools, right, with different weapons of of. Uh, Middle Ages, right, and even some pistols, but it's set in the Pillars of Eternity universe, um, but it, it is avowed, and that is set for next year. Then uh, we also got um, In Exile's new game, Clockwork Revolution. It is a steampunk-style game, very reminiscent of, of Bioshock 3. looks very fun. And uh, it looks like you'll be able to play with time and, and space and, and time travel. Uh, they said it will release in due time. It looks, it looks very cool. It got me hooked right away. We got uh, announcements for Payday 3, which is also coming to Game Pass. That releases on September 21st. Uh, sea of Thieves is getting a Monkey Island expansion. That releases on the 20th of July. Flight Simulator 2024, showing off all the different, like, jobs, quote-unquote, you can do with, like, aerial vehicles. Uh, that's for next year. And then a Dune crossover coming this year 
in November with the Ornithopter from the Dune movies. Uh, Persona 3 Reload and Persona 5 Tactics are coming to Xbox, both uh, coming to Game Pass as well. Uh, Metaphor Refantasio, uh, Atlas Games as well, making that. Uh, that's Atlas is the makers behind Persona. 33 Immortals, a new 33-player co-op roguelike game is coming later this year. Yeah, you heard me, 33. So you get to play with 33 other people to take on different levels. Uh, it's got a very an art style reminiscent of, uh, of uh, Hades, a uh, different developer though. We learned that Senua's Saga Hellblade 2 will release next year. A lot of people were expecting it this year. A new Like a Dragon game was announced, Like a Dragon Infinite, which I think, or Infinite Wealth, which would be like Yakuza 10, I think, at this point. Fallout 76 is getting an Atlantic City expansion. Uh, Elder Scrolls Online getting a Necrom expansion later this year. Path of the Goddess, a new Capcom game that looks... Very interesting. It's on. Uh, it's on the Resident Evil engine, um, and it it features a shinobi type character, a ninja type character, and it looks like a darkness or some kind of uh, creature or something is taking over a different land. It, it looks very interesting. Uh, si City Skylines Two is announced for October twenty fourth, and it's coming to Game Pass of all things. It looks to greatly improve upon the greatness that was the first city skylines don't nod announced their new game jusant it looks like you're uh, uh, this person climbing to reach a goal a lot of climbing going on um it looks very interesting very pretty game uh still walk still wakes the deep a new like walking simulator where you're exploring an abandoned oil rig looks scary as fuck to be honest uh, Dungeons of Hinterburg, a fun little cell-shaded game where it looks like you are in like the Alps of either Austria or like uh, the mountains in like Sweden or Norway. Very fun-looking cell-shaded game. Uh, Towerborn, which is a new four-player co-op game from the makers of the Banner Saga. Um, humanity is, has retreated to this giant tower called the Belfry. And you take on monsters, try to reclaim the land. It looks to be four-player co-op. Um, so, doo -doo -doo, what did we miss? Forza Motorsport finally got a release date for the Forza Motorsport reboot, whatever you want to call it. It will release on October 10th on Game Pass and on Xbox and PC. Also announced was a one terabyte, one terabyte, all black Xbox Series S for $350. You can pre-order it now. That comes out on September 1st. Obviously, that way you can get a bigger hard drive. Uh, we also got a new trailer for Starfield, which teased. Uh, so after the Xbox Game Showcase, there was a 45-minute, a 45-minute direct on Starfield alone. I've never been so excited for a Bethesda game, ever. It's their newest IP in like 25 years. Uh, Todd Howard did a like a follow-up interview with Ryan McCaffrey of IGN. I would recommend watching that as well. Um, but we learned so much about the game. Yes, there is a thousand planets, right? 
They're all procedurally generated. The new technology on the new consoles allows it per Bethesda and Todd Howard. That will remain to be seen. I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about that. You will get to fly your own ship. You get to customize your ship, build it any which way you want. You will be able to build bases on different planets. Uh, they said that there's different factions to join. They showed off all these different things to do. The weapon combat has been improved. Uh, despite previous rumors that id software had worked with them obviously they're all under the bethesda or the zenimax banner uh, id software didn't actually work with them in combat but on the graphical fidelity of the game there uh, you'll be able to like hijack ships in space you can like i said board a ship and take it and then it becomes yours you have custom builder they said the biggest city they've ever made is the main city new atlantis in the game there's other cities to explore throughout the galaxy as well. Uh, there's different traits and skill categories that you can use to customize your player and, and how you play and how things different, how different encounters can go. You will have uh, crew members to join you. There, there is so much about this game. Um, we did learn that it will be 30 FPS. A lot of gamers have voiced their concern, but a lot of devs, even Sony devs, have come to the defense. It's like, if you want to have a game like this, it can't be 60 frames. It's just, it's not feasible. It, it would, you'd have a lot of pop in if, if it was. Um, I don't always notice it. I know it's better for shooters and things like that, but games like this, they don't necessarily need to be 60. Um, Todd Howard confirmed some other things. There is a uh, expansion coming. They announced like a ultimate collector's edition where you almost get like a, it's like a watch. It's a, it's something from the game, um, but that is available for pre-order. It comes in like a cool, like, space-age type box. There is so much to go over. I, I, I would spend another hour talking about the game alone. But I, I would definitely urge you guys, if you're very interested in Starfield in any capacity, if you have 45 minutes to spare, watch that direct. With that being said, though, there were some major games missing from that Xbox game showcase. We had no word on... The Indiana Jones game being made by Machine Games. And I'm guessing to not take away from Dial of Destiny's news cycle. No word on State of Decay 3. Nothing about Outer Worlds 2. I, which is, I don't know why people are concerned. That game's years away. Uh, nothing about Perfect Dark. That's a little concerning. Uh, nothing about Everwild from Rare. And nothing about Contraband from Avalanche Studios. So, very interesting. These Some of these games were announced last year, shown off, but nothing this year. Um, moving on to some other gaming news before we got to Monday's showcases. PC Game Pass is coming to GeForce Now. Microsoft has announced a partnership with NVIDIA. So, um, that select games, sorry, I, they explained that it would be all, um, in the entire catalog. It seems not to be the case any longer. But you will be able to stream a select group of PC games on Xbox Game Pass PC via NVIDIA's GeForce Now streams. So you'll be able to do that if you have that service. So that, that's a good addition there. The FTC has announced they plan to file an injunction against Microsoft in their acquisition or attempted acquisition of Activision Blizzard. So this injunction is... Some people are watching everything because a lot of things are moving fast. 
Uh, it's been rumored that Microsoft might close the deal here in the U.S. and the U.K., despite the fact that the U.K. has essentially halted it. They are appealing that. Nothing has happened yet here in the U.S. The FTC, again, was expected to, uh, is suing them. Uh, inspected This injunction is new. But now there's rumors that despite the FTC was going to start doing stuff in August, might be moved up timetable-wise. Uh, certain things are happening. A lot, these are a lot of rumors and hearsay. I'm not entirely sure. But this injunction is essentially say, hey, Microsoft, don't do what you think you're going to do because we haven't approved it yet. But it's very strange. Pretty much every country that has would be affected by this has approved it with the exception of the U.S. and the U.K. Uh, the deal can still technically close. I don't know all those details. It's It's very strange reading all that information. But that could potentially happen. Uh, now, on to Monday. The first show on Monday was the Ubisoft Forward. We got 10 minutes of Star Wars Outlaws gameplay, and it looks very, very fun. It looks very good. For this game, it is coming out next year, for this game to have only been announced a few years ago, and for it to look this good and that close to release, I think they've been working on it for a while. Uh, it looks, one one outlet said it's akin to a mix of Watch Dogs and Grand Theft Auto. There is wanted levels. So like if you piss off the Empire, things like that, they can put out wanted posters for you and stuff. And it will show up all over, like the cantinas you can go to. Uh, planets confirmed are a new planet they made for the game, which they show off in the gameplay. You do get a, a, a swoop bike or a speeder bike to, to go around because it's the first... What they're calling the first true open-world Star Wars game. We also got conf confirmation that Canto Bite will be in the game. That is the city, the, you know, gambling city seen in The Last Jedi. Uh, we're going to, um, oh crap, what's the name? Um, it's the Kajimi. That's the planet in Rise of Skywalker where Zori Bliss is from. So a lot of stuff is going, going on in this game. I am very very excited. It looks like a lot of the different crime syndicates were that will be there uh, confirmed after the previous trailer. So, like I said, I fully expect Jabba the Hutt to be there. Fully expect Dr. Aphra, Kira, the Black Sun. Maybe we'll get Prince Shisor, which I always thought was Zizor, uh, in canon. Uh, a canon appearance. So we'll, we'll see. The game is, out due, is due out sometime next year. Based on what we saw, I have a feeling it will be early 2024, not late 2024. Uh, we also got a uh, gameplay and trailer for Avatar Front Frontiers of Pandora, uh, or as my friend at work today called it, Far Cry 7 Avatar Pandora Land, uh, or something like that. So this is essentially the Avatar game from Ubisoft. This is coming out December 7th, of all things, and uh, will be on modern consoles as well as PC. The game looks cool. It's first person. Obviously, you play a Na'vi character uh, if you want to explore, explore Pandora. I'm not entirely sold on it. Uh, we also got more news about Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown. That's coming out on January 18th. This is a new side-scrolling Prince of Persia game. Uh, more news and information about AC Mirage, Assassin's Creed Mirage, which the focus will be on stealth again, like the original game. I saw they're going to add a blue filter, so it will play like the original Assassin's Creed as well. And uh, Basim, who is the main character, it's a, a spin-off sequel technically to Assassin's Creed Valhalla, 
has a lot of interesting new stealth and assassination mechanics. We also got news about Assassin's Creed Nexus, which is the VR, the MetaQuest exclusive VR Assassin's Creed game. It will feature the return of several past assassins, including Ezio Auditore, Connor from Assassin's Creed 3, and um, several others. Uh, Cassandra from Assassin's Creed Odyssey. So those will be there. Assassin's Creed Jade, which is the new mobile game set in the Qing Dynasty, uh, technically between Assassin's Creed Odyssey and Origins. Uh, A public beta will be available later this year. You can sign up for that. A new crew game, the Crew Motorfest, was announced coming in September. Captain Car... or Laserhawk, a Blood Dragon remix, is a new animated show coming to Netflix based on Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Uh, X Defiant, which is Ubisoft's new, like, co-op shooter. I saw one outlet described it as, um, what did they say? It was, uh, uh, what's, um, Super Smash, but with guns? I, I don't know how, but that's coming, uh, you can sign up for an open beta for that. Uh, Skull and Bones will be having a closed beta in August. And then the, the Division Resurgence, which is a, a mobile game, will release this fall. Uh, there was also a sizzle reel showing off different things for like Brawlhalla and, and other games. Uh, but that was Ubisoft's forward. Later on Monday, then we had the Capcom Showcase. Uh, they did a mini deep dive on Dragon's Dogma 2. Pragmata, which is the awesome game they teased a few years ago with like an astronaut coming down from space into like a city and there was a cat. Uh, that has unfortunately been delayed indefinitely. No new release date there. Apollo Justice, the Ace Attorney Trilogy, will be releasing next year, bringing all three Ace Attorney games. We got information about the roadmap and battle pass coming to Exo Primal, which is the new uh, co-op shooter game. So this is where like dinosaurs appear out of portals and you're in exosuits and you have to fight them. That game comes out next month. It looks really fun. Uh, they showed more of it at the Xbox Game Showcase Extended as well. Uh, Ghost, Trek Re- Ghost Trick Remaster was announced. Uh, that game, The Path of Goddess, that was announced during the Xbox Showcase is actually called Kunitsugami, Path of the Goddess. Uh, and like I said, they confirmed that it would be in the Resident Evil engine. Uh, and then that was kind of the major things from the Capcom Showcase, nothing else. Uh, but that was it kind of for Monday. So... Let's talk about some other gaming news. Respawn Entertainment has announced that they worked on Titanfall 3 for at least 10 months. Oh, sorry, this was the next dev, not, not Respawn exactly. Uh, and then they decided to stop working on that and switch to Apex Legends. So Mohamed Alavi, who was the lead narrative lead designer in Titanfall 3, uh, was speaking with the Burnett Bur- work that uh, a lot of the work had been done on Titanfall 3. But at that point, they decided to scrap it and go to Apex Legends. Obviously, it's worked out for them. They've been making money, and it's going strong still. Uh, He said, quote, we had new tech for it. We had multiple missions going. We had a first playable, which was on par to be just as good, if not better, than whatever we had before, right? But I'll make this clear. Incrementally better. It wasn't revolutionary, and that's the key thing, right? And we were feeling pretty decent about it, but not the same feeling as Titanfall 2, where we were making something revolutionary. You know what I mean? Uh, unquote. So, I, I guess 
and, and I get that, right? They wanted to blow the, 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 the top off. And if you didn't do that, what was the point in doing that right away? Which Apex Legends seems to have done for them. So, it sucks we don't have Titanfall 3 right now, but, but hopefully, eventually. So, uh, we also learned that uh, Cyberpunk... Oh, that's what I forgot. Cyberpunk 2077 announced Phantom Liberty, uh, a release date of September 26th. That will be the full-fledged and only expansion for Cyberpunk 2077. That was announced during the Xbox Showcase. Um, showing off New Dogtown, which is the new area that you go to. It looks like this will take place after the main game, as they will also be adding a new ending to the main game. Uh, will be available once Phantom Liberty releases. Um, the Embracer Group has announced that they plan to turn the Lord of the Rings, since they own the rights, into a, quote, world's biggest gaming franchises, unquote. They were... <laughs> A lot of restructuring is going on with the Embracer Group, but in an open letter to the company's 17,000, yes, 17,000 employees, the CEO Lars Wingerforce said Embracer is going to, quote, put greater focus on internal IP and increase external funding of large budget games, unquote. Quote, we know we need to be exploiting Lord of the Rings in a very significant fashion and turn that into one of the biggest gaming franchises in the world, unquote. Now, I, I don't know how I feel about that because, again, it is Lord of the Rings and I don't want it to be whored out, uh, just like I don't always want Star Wars to be whored out either. But it'll be interesting. As long as they make good games, I don't think people have an issue. Uh, luckily, that Golem game that came out was not has nothing to do with the Embracer group, so that stink can be left with what it, where it is. Um, speaking, though, of, of restructuring with the Embracer group, a few weeks ago, we talked about a massive $2 billion deal they were working on that literally fell apart at the last minute. Well, due to that, they have announced, this is in that same open letter that Lars Wingefors put out, says, quote, This morning we announced a restructuring program across the Embracer Group that will make us a leaner, stronger, and more focused, self-sufficient company, unquote. So essentially what he means is they're cutting back, cutting studios, cutting budgets all, all across the board. Um, they are still working with Crystal Dynamics to make the new Tomb Raider game with Amazon Games. Um, Dead Island 2, though, was a success for them, but there's other issues that might be in the pipeline. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens. The CEO followed up with, quote, it is painful to see talented team members leave. Our people are what make up the very fabric of Embracer. I understand and respect that many of you will be worried about your own position, and I don't have all the answers to all questions. I want to be clear that the decisions about this program were not taken lightly. Embracer currently engages close to 17,000 people, and while that number will be lower by the end of the year, it is too early to give an exact forecast on this, unquote. So, it'll be interesting to see what studios are closed, what projects are canceled, they're going to be canceling a lot of games. Uh, so what a company that was trying to be the biggest game publisher and developer is facing very major woes at the moment. So despite that, other companies are doing well. Blizzard has announced that 
Diablo 4 has made $666 million since its release. And you wonder, Nick, why such a strange specific number? Well, if you are unaware, 666... <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> the number of the beast. I don't know what happened there. <laughs> um, no. $666 million, number of the beast, obviously. Um, very... Uh, big iconography in in Satanism, things like that. So, obviously, they would announce that number. Oh, it was strange. I don't know what came over me. <laughs> um, in the weirdest thing I've ever seen, today, it was today, too, or yesterday, Bioware announced a new collectible statue of Commander Shepard, but it was Femme Shepard, and it was like Shepard dead in space, from the beginning of Mass Effect 2. Strangest thing ever. And then they decided to pull it immediately. Like, who who approved that? So strange. So very strange. Anyway, yesterday, Xbox had a second showcase. Uh, mostly more insight into the games they announced on Sunday. Uh, but we did get like a deep dive on Phantom Liberty. We got an announcement for DLC for High on Life, which is going to be called... High on Knife, which seems to be focusing on Knifey. Uh, the Lamplighters League, a new uh, strategy or tactics game similar to like XCOM. Uh, more news about Avowed. Uh, the First Descendant is a new game. A new crossplay beta was announced. Hi-Fi Rush is getting two new game modes. Uh, Phasmophobia is finally coming to consoles. More Exoprimal stuff, so like we got to view... Some of the exosuits and like some online gameplay. Uh, 11 new games were announced via the ID at Xbox program. Uh, as well uh, as a Lies, Lies of P, which is a Pinocchio-based Souls-like game, of all things. Uh, very strange indeed. But that was mostly it for whatever this anti-E3 is, uh, if you will. So a, a lot of those trailers are online if you guys want to go look. Uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge has confirmed that she is working with Amazon on a Tomb Raider series. I wonder what's happening with the Amazon anime Tomb Raider. Speaking of that, McDonald's has released a new Game Boy Color. Yes, Game Boy Color game in honor of Grimace's 50th birthday. Grimace, of all characters. Uh, Outriders Dev. Um, I think People Can Fly, I think they're called. Apparently they're working on a secret... Microsoft IP uh, that nobody is aware of yet, but nothing's been announced. Dead Cells will be getting an animated series coming next year. I'm very excited about that. Dead Cells is one of my favorite games. Uh, the Knuckles Show has added Christopher Lloyd, Carrie Elwes, and more. And then, surprise, surprise. Here's our last gaming story. Sony is testing cloud streaming for supported PS5 games. Huh. Well, well, well. How about that, CMA? No, I don't know. Um, in a new blog post from PlayStation, Nixk McGuire, uh, who is the VP of Global Services, Sales, and Business Ops at Sony Entertainment, um, uh, Sony Interactive Entertainment, said that, uh, quote, we're currently testing cloud streaming for supported PS5 games. This includes PS5 titles, from the PlayStation Plus game catalog and game trials, as well as supported digital PS5 titles that players own. 
When this feature launches, cloud gaming streaming for supported PS5 titles will be available for use directly on your PS5 console. That means as a premium member, it will be easier to jump into your favorite games without downloading them first on your PS5 console, unquote. Wait, what? That doesn't... That's not cloud streaming? Oh, God, that's... I'm not even gonna, like... You're... That feature should already be available, Sony. I'm sorry. I know you guys don't have your own servers and stuff, but, like, I don't know, work with Amazon or Google or somebody. Jesus. Anyway, that's it for gaming news. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed that. Obviously, more things will come out in the following days as we get more information on all the games that were announced over the last week. But uh, stick, hit, stick, stay tuned. I don't know what I'm saying. Stay tuned to Nixner News for all your video game news. Let's talk about what's going on in the TV world, shall we? So, we have learned that the Wednesday Addams show on Netflix will be shifting to more horror and no more love stories and things like that. As uh, that should, be a, should have been painfully obvious when the first season came out. I don't know what, where the disconnect was there. But yes, that's happening. We got a new trailer for the season three of The Witcher. Obviously, that will be Henry Cavill's last stint as Geralt of Rivia, as it will shift to, um, why can't I think of the Hemsworth's name? Chris Hemsworth. No. Oh, Chris is Thor. Uh, the younger, Liam Hemsworth will take over as Geralt of Rivia for season four and onward. So, last month, Netflix finally started cracking down on password sharing and uh, essentially charging users more money if they had people on the account that weren't in the same household. I haven't been caught yet. Um, anyway, surprise, no surprise really, that uh, a spike of signups happened after the crackdown. Obviously people signed up for the service so it would be cheaper for them than their friends getting charged. No surprise there. Um, via Antenna, which is an analytics tracking firm, said, quote, Netflix has had the four single largest days of U.S. user acquisition in the four and a half years that Antenna has been measuring the streamer service. Based on the most current data available, Netflix saw nearly 100,000 daily signups on both May 26th and May 27th, unquote. 200,000 people because the password sharing cracked down. Imagine that. It actually worked. Um... But we'll see over time, though, if it will stay that way or if people leave the service. Uh, a lot of shows have been canceled in the wake of studio upfronts. Uh, Young Rock has been canceled at NBC after three years. Gotham Knights was canceled at the CW. Um, at least those are the cancellations. Um, the Continental, we got our first look. That is the show based on John Wick. That's coming to Peacock later this year. We got a renewal for Superman and Lois, but we'll only have 10 episodes. So that's probably going to be the final season for that show. James Gunn, while speaking on the Inside of You podcast, which is hosted by Michael Rosenbaum. Uh, James Gunn had a very good conversation with that. I, I urge you guys to listen to that podcast. Announced that Peacemaker Season 2 will not start until James Gunn is done with Superman Legacy. So we're several years away from 
uh, Peacemaker Season 2 at the earliest. Um, we also learned that Daniel Radcliffe has ruled out appearing in the Harry Potter uh, reboot show. No surprise there. I mean, did we really expect him to show up there? I didn't. And then Tony Gilroy was speaking about making Andor. Uh, he was speaking with The Hollywood Reporter. And uh, allegedly, Andor may have cost $250 million to make for the first 12 episodes season, which is more expensive than Mandalorian. Uh, he said, quote, we got lucky making this during the gold rush a few years ago. A lot of people now have cold feet, and you can't just do this show inexpensively. I'm just so relieved at the reaction because we were making this huge, obscure thing, and we knew it was crazy. Like, is this too much? Have we gone too far? There were no focus groups or test audiences. Now it will be a good thing if we can stick the landing and go out strong, unquote. So, The Mandalorian's first season had a budget of around $120 million. Um, the Halo series was around $100 million. And The Last of Us, again, about $100 million. But it's nowhere near the half a billion dollars Amazon spent on The Lord of the Rings. Which, that's for multiple seasons. Uh, season 2 of Andor is currently filming in London. Um, and is expected to drop sometime next fall. Uh, and then, uh, but no word though on if the writer strike, Writers Guild of America strike will affect it. Which, it has claimed two more victims. Both Daredevil, Born Again, and The Penguin. Uh, both part of the MCU and DCU respectively will be on permanent hold until the strike is over. So both of those shows have halted production until further notice. Um, also, before I move on to movies, if you guys are big fans of Arnold Schwarzenegger, even if you're not, I would definitely recommend the Arnold Schwarzenegger documentary series that just dropped on Netflix. It's three episodes. He is a way more interesting person than I ever thought. Yes, I knew he was a bodybuilder. Yes, I know he's an actor. And yes, I know he was a politician. He was governor of California for quite a while. But didn't know, always know the intricacies and the, the different information because it was happening when I was much younger. And I never looked back into it. But it goes about his life uh, growing up in Austria and then becoming a bodybuilder and what that was. Coming to Hollywood, taking on the Hollywood life and films and things like that and then of course taking on politicians and america and things like that so it's it's a three-part documentary series honestly one of the best like biographical documentary things i've watched in quite a while mainly because i just i like arnold in general but it gave me so many new insights in, into the man who is arnold schwarzenegger and his thought processes and and his mentality around things and and his goals and it, it just it made me respect him so much more. But I, I would definitely recommend it if you guys have not seen it or not heard about it. It's on Netflix now. Uh, but that's it for TV news. Let's see what's going on in Hollywood, shall we? So, we've learned that Lionsgate wants to reboot the Leprechaun franchise. Of all things... The last film came out in 2018. It was obviously a direct-to-DVD movie. Um, but 
I've never seen them, but they're horror movies. That Warwick Davis, of all people, stars in it. The only thing I always love about the Leprechaun movies is from the Wayne's World movie. And Wayne is talking about it with Garth. And he's like, I'm a leprechaun. I'm a leprechaun. Wayne, Wayne. I know that's a weird off tangent, but that's, that's all I know about the Leprechaun movies. Oh, and Jennifer Aniston's first film role was in the first Leprechaun movie. Uh, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse will be getting an update to fix the sound issues that are plaguing it. I think I mentioned in my review last week that I there were points where I couldn't really hear what was going on. I'm not the only one, but they will be sending out an update because remember, movies are now on hard drives and not on reels that they can do that. It has also surpassed the first film's uh, box office in 12 days. It has made $390 million compared to the first film's $370 million, which is wild for an animated movie, and Spider-Man no less. Also today, we learned of major, major delays hitting the Disney, um, the Disney film studios. Uh, so that includes Lucasfilm and Marvel and things like that. And while the writer's strike may be to blame, I'm not entirely sure. But uh, new Star Wars dates. So a movie that was originally slated for December 25th, 20, or December 2025, I should say, not Christmas Day. December 2025 has moved, been moved up to May of 26. The movie slated for May of uh, 25 is... Or no, May of twenty six. May May of twenty five is moving to December twenty six. Wait, no, sorry, no date on that one. And then another movie in December twenty seven. So, despite the fact that Kathleen said she wants to go to a back to event films, should have years in between. We're now going to have two Star Wars movies in one year, and then one the following year. I, if they connect, I get it. If they don't, we're going to have Star Wars fatigue again and people are going to be pissed and return on investment's not going to be as high. Am I worried? A little bit. It's still three years away. So, realistically, a lot can change. They might not stick to these dates. Maybe it, one of those might go back to 2025. We don't know. Um, but those are the new Star Wars dates. Marvel had the biggest changes. Captain America 4, uh, Brave New World, as it's now being called, will move from May 3rd, 2024 to August 2024. The Thunderbolts is going from July 24 to December 24. Blade is moving from November 24 to February 14th, 25. Fantastic Four is now shifting to May 25 from February uh, 2025. I guess they may have cast big-name actors, and now they want to scrap that because they don't want to pay for all these big actors. That's a rumor, though. The next two Avengers movies are moving out a year. So the Kang Dynasty is moving from May 25 to May 26, and Secret Wars is going from May 26 to May 27. Yeah, we're talking about movies four years out now. Uh, but in a surprising move, Deadpool... Is moving up so it is now going from November of 2024 to May of 2024 so Deadpool 3 is coming a lot sooner than expected that means whatever is being filmed right now is being well liked even though Ryan Reynolds can't officially 
Um, he can't officially uh, uh, improvise on set because of the writer's strike, and he's a writer. Strange, but it's happening. Uh, I hope they are able to get post-production done in time. Those movies usually take a year. Uh, and then major changes over on the Fox front. Or, uh, not Fox, but, yeah, 20th Century Studios. So, Avatar 3 will now go from December 24 to December 25. So, that takes a Star Wars spot. Avatar 4 will go from December 26 yeah, to December of 2029. And then Avatar 5 shifts from December 2028 to December of 2031. This is the first movie to be announced for the next decade, folks. Why the Avatar movies all have a th like two-year gap in between them, or four years, realistically. I mean, 25 to 29, that's four years. 29 to 31, that's three years. Why, though? They're all going to be filmed back-to-back. What, what happens if James Cameron, like, he's going to be old as dirt by then, bro. All these actors are going to age out of the roles, dude. What? What? I don't know. I don't know. James Cameron's nuts. <laughs> uh, and then the Alien movie currently being filmed will now take the August 2024 slot previously held uh, by, I think, the Thunderbolts or something. But big, big changes over... At under the studios under the Walt Disney Company. Uh, James Mangold was being interviewed about his Star Wars movie, The Dawn of the Jedi. And he opened up, uh, speaking with Gizmodo, he said, quote, I want to be part of the saga, but I also don't want to be holding so much lore in the air that you can hardly tell a story, unquote. So, I get what he's saying, right? He doesn't want to be ham-fisted by Star Wars lore, which can be overwhelming, which is interesting why he, and, and for him to tell the Dawn of the Jedi, I think that that's a smart move. He can essentially create new lore, right? Uh, that, that era of Star Wars has not been defined at all in the new canon, so there's plenty of room to play around in, in that era. Now, James Mangold is a very good director. Well, based, most of the things he's done, I've enjoyed. A lot of people have enjoyed. We'll see, though, what happens with Indiana Jones. But I think if James Mangold writes this well, and he's given the right tools by Lucasfilm, this Dawn of the Jedi film can be done very, very well. And I think he is the person to do it. Uh, looks like a live-action Bambi may be in the works of all movies to make live-action. That is the last one I expected. And that looks like women's women talking's Sarah Polly is being involved in eyed for the director. Uh, Kevin Smith says that he has a copy of the Schumacher cut of Batman Forever. So, on his Fat Man Beyond podcast, there is a Schumacher cut of Batman Forever, and he confirmed it exists, and he has a copy of it. So. He said, quote, I probably shouldn't be talking about this. Warner Brothers is going to take my ticket away, but I'm going to slip you a fucking copy. I've watched it. It's longer, unquote. So it looks like it has an alternate opening scene that's 15 minutes before Two-Face bursts into the bank. Um, it's got a bunch of unseen footage. It is a longer version. 
Uh, it's much darker, more serious. Um, this is this started the rumors about it started floating around a couple years ago. Uh, Variety and um, had reported that this um, so Bernadine, who is the co-host of Fat Man Beyond, with Kevin Smith, uh, Mark Bernadine knew about it and heard on very good authority that a 170-minute version of the film exist, existed. Uh, Warner Brothers may release it. They don't know yet, though. It. This is where the famous Dream Bat sequence has been teased. I think people have seen this online and stuff like that. Um, there would have been extended scenes with Tommy Lee Jones' Two-Face and the Riddler, but all of this, again, was cut from the theatrical release. So... I'm wondering, I wonder if it's good, because obviously Batman Forever and Batman um, and Robin are not considered good movies at all, but I wonder what this Schumacher cut is like. So, uh, despite the fact that John Wick 5 is was said, hey, no, maybe not yet, and then Lionsgate was like, yeah, we're going, so... It looks like those might have been a little exaggerated. So Basil Iwanek, who is the producer on The Continental and John Wick, said, quote, John Wick 4 was embraced enough by the critics and the audience that it's kind of an organic and natural next step to do John Wick 5. I think that there's no question that it's in development, but right now the story isn't there yet. And until the story is there, it isn't. It's real on something we're trying to figure out but we haven't settled on what the movie looks like or feels like, unquote. So let's, um, let's just calm ourselves. John Wick 5 is probably a while off, which is fine, and may not happen. It really depends. And I'd rather them make sure, if they are going to make it, that the story fits properly. Uh, and then this Zazie Beats has announced that she will not be back for Deadpool 3 in a surprise move. Bringing a lot of other people back, just not the X-Force. Like, half the X-Force is coming back. Uh, uh, whatever. Um, Warner Brothers, uh, in a new interview with Variety, the co-CEO, Michael DeLuca, has said, quote, we're hoping to get Nolan back. I think there's a world, unquote. So this is in regards to the very public breakup between Christopher Nolan and uh, Warner Brothers. Of course, he jumped ship to Universal to make Oppenheimer. They had a very long, prestigious relationship, but it looks like they want to get him back. Will that happen? I don't know. But because of Tenet and things with movie theaters, they, they, lost, um, they lost some of that. So it's going to be what happened. So he also followed up with quote, oh no, that was Nolan. Never mind. Forget that. Uh, but again, it looks like Warner Brothers wants him back and wants to get him back and work with him again after they fucked up. But that is it for movie news. So if you guys want to stick around, I'm going to give a quick little review of Transformers Rise of the Beasts because I know we've already had a very long, long episode a lot of news to talk about, though, obviously. But 
if that's it, if you guys don't want to listen to the review, it will be spoiler-filled. That's fine. Like I said, make sure to check out Nixoner News, follow us on social media, all that fun stuff. Otherwise, let's talk about Transformers Rise of the Beasts. So, this movie is technically a sequel to Bumblebee. Uh, I guess it takes place in a new timeline. I, I don't know how they're describing it, really. So, this is following the Bumblebee movie. Set in 1994. And uh, it opens, though, set in the distant past on another planet with the Maximals as Unicron and the movie's villain Scourge, uh, voiced by... Um, wow, I am drawing a blank today. Voiced by Peter Dinklage. Yes, Peter Dinklage, who I haven't seen do press for the movie, surprisingly. Um, anyway, Scourge and Unicron come and attack the planet uh, and setting up the, the plot of the movie. The, the Maximals take a transwarp key, which is technology used in the trans Transformers universe to essentially travel ag across the galaxy very quickly um, through like transwarp gates. But uh, they escape with the transwarp key and end up on Earth, which we then jump ahead to 94 and... We meet our human characters, uh, Noah Diaz, played by uh, played by Anthony Ramos. Uh, he's an ex-military trying to help raise money for his family and his brother who has sickle cell. Uh, and then Elena Wallace, who is a researcher at a museum created just for the film on Ellis Island, played by Dominique Fishback. So Noah, trying to get money for his family, gets involved in a plot to steal a car. And then Dominique finds a relic, which ends up holding the transwarp key. But the car Noah goes to seal turns into Mirage, who is expertly voiced by Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson's been popping up in a lot of movies lately. I am a huge fan of Pete. And Pete actually does an amazing job as a Transformer. That I'm not kidding in that. Um, great. Very, very great. So, and funnily enough... The actress who plays Noah's mother in this movie, uh, who is Lor Luna Lauren Velez, actually plays Rio Morales in the Spider-Verse movies. So two weeks in a row, I saw her play a mother character. Anyway, he gets involved, the stealing the car, Mirage, he then gets wrapped up into the Transformers plot. So when Dominique accidentally activates the Transwarp key... It brings Scourge and the Terrorcons, these are not Decepticons, the Terrorcons to New York, um, which Optimus, RC, Mirage, and Bumblebee then also go to work through, and it forces a partnership with Noah uh, and, and Elena to work together. This is where the first Maximal comes in, in the, in the 94 setting, and that is Air Razor played by Michelle Yeoh. Uh, they end up deciding to all work together, which then they go to Peru. Some crazy nonsense story. This is where they meet the other Maximals. Uh, this is where we meet Optimus Primal, played by Ron Perlman. Uh, we also meet John DiMaggio's character, Stratosphere, who's a big airplane that, that flies them in. Uh, and we meet Rhinox and... Uh, Cheetor, and I think that was it on the Maximals. There's only four of them. But 
what I don't like is Bumblebee is gone and dead for half, more than half the movie, which is very strange that they made that decision. I guess because Bumblebee was the focus of the main movie, they revive him with Cybertronian nonsense because Energon's on Earth because it always is. But it, it, the movie ends in a beam in the sky ending, which I didn't think those were still a thing in 2023. But uh, they, they fight Scourge and the other Terracons. Unicron shows up, obviously. You know, Optimus decides to try and sacrifice himself. Optimus Primal rescues him. It, it's all fun and games. Mirage sacrifices himself. So a couple, couple Autobots die. As do a couple, uh, well, one, one, um, one Maximal dies in Air Razor. All the Terracons die. No surprise there. We never see them again. But my, my issue lately is that the voice casts for the Autobots and Decepticons and Terracons or whatever you want to call them has been shrinking lately. Like they couldn't get Jess Harnell back. The man's been doing voices for Transformers forever, right? Ron Perlman's great as Optimus Primal. I would have preferred to get some of the original Beast Wars voice actors back. I mean, if you can get uh, Peter Cullen as Optimus Prime, you can get some of these other people back for Beast War from Beast Wars. The reason I liked this movie, so I, I just kind of gave you guys a quick summary... I enjoyed this movie. It's, it's the best Transformers movie since the first one, which isn't saying a lot because there's a lot of um, there there is a lot of uh, not great Transformers movies. But Beast Wars was the first Transformers property I was introduced to, and I loved it. I still have most of my Beast Wars uh, Transformer toys, so I, this is like a dream come true for me. This movie, seeing some of them. It it misstepped, and this was the perfect time to inter- to bring in Rat Trap, because Rat Trap in the show had a New York accent, and instead of having Air Razor show up in New York, you could have had Rat Trap show up. Hey, wise guys, like that kind of like cheapo knockoff stereotypical Brooklyn accent, like not like this, you know, like like wise guys, but it, it's like his is more like nasally. But that that was the biggest misstep, in my opinion. The movie is funny, though. There's a scene early in the film when Noah and Elena interact. They're not really allies in the beginning. And they're, they're escaping from something. And they're like, he's kind of going with her. And she's like, why are you chasing me? He's like, not, I'm, or following me. I'm not. I'm escaping in the same direction as you. And I thought that was one of the best lines in the movie. Uh, Bumblebee has a lot more cooler, like, references to other stuff in his voice box this time Uh, like there's the line what the hell am i looking at from from Spaceballs. so like there was some good ones in there um unicron the guy who voiced unicron was great he is voiced by uh hold on where did i see it uh it's a name i'm not familiar with coleman domingo great version of Unicron. I I guess he's famous for, uh, what is this, as an actor. The last few things he's been in, Candyman, The God Committee, Without Remorse. I've never seen these things. Um, 
but oh, he's in Euphoria. He is great <clears throat> as Unicron, which I'm excited. I hope this movie does well so they can make another one, which luckily they still have about 13 years before they match up with the Bay films in the timeline, so they can still make another late 90s, early 2000s movie. But again, I, I think it's set in a different timeline. But I enjoyed it very much. And then the end of the movie is, is the biggest kicker here. They tease, and this has been teased for quite a while, to be honest. They teased that um, G.I. Joe. That's right. G.I. Joe uh, essentially recruits Noah. So they're finally doing what they've, they've wanted to do for a while. Uh, they finally are merging the G.I. Joe and Transformer franchises. They've been teasing it for a long time. Uh, it happened in the cartoons and the, in the comics a long time ago. But yes, G.I. Joe and Transformers are officially the same franchise as they are both technically rebooted now. And also, this is like the fifth time Wheeljack has been in the movies. Okay, third, but he's been changed for a third time. He looked like Einstein in Dark of the Moon. He looked like his Gen 1 version in Bumblebee. And now he's played by um, the actor uh, Cristo Fernandez. And he's a Volkswagen Type 2. And he has like a Mexican accent. So either there's three different wheeljacks rolling around or something but it 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 doesn't make sense um like i said there's multiple wheel jacks rolling around um as i said i don't like how the voice casts have constantly being changed it, it's 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 distracting um for someone like me because i really like the transformers and i like the voices they they picked and things like that but it, it's I, I don't know. I, I can't super complain because I get to see characters I've always wanted to see on screen. But what the hell? There's a picture of RC and it looks strange. And that is uh, technically RC was in Revenge of the Fallen. But I'm just going to ignore that she was in that movie because she looks nothing like what RC is supposed to look like. But she looks like that in the in Bumblebee and now Rise of the Beasts. So, but but anyway, I I enjoyed the movie. Definitely a seven out of ten for me. Uh, needed some work. Again, Transformers has been wishy washy. Definitely best Transformers movie though since the first one. Very much enjoyed it. The designs are great. The story's fun. Um, I do hope we get more with the G1 designs that we've been getting, the Generation 1 Transformers designs. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Like I said, 7 out of 10 for me. This year's been firing on all cylinders for movies. Um, so I do hope to have a review of Flash for next week. Uh, what's funny is it's the 10th anniversary of Man of Steel today, of all things. Uh, and then The Flash comes out on Friday, which kind of rehashes some of the stuff from Man of Steel. So it's, it's a little funny there that they, they, they probably plan that. But Transformers Rise of the Beast was good. That is it for Nixter News this week. This is episode 266. Thank you guys for listening. I will catch you guys on the flip side.